Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle. I'm your host, Eric McNeil, and today we have an awesome friend, Paul Kruger. Paul has made a living sacking household name quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and other legendary players. He played alongside historical figures such as Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Drew Brees. He, has a, he was a team captain, an NFL PA team rep, and a Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens in 2012, where he posted two sacks against Colin Kaepernick of the 49ers. Kruger played for eight years and was wildly successful, but with his new family, his health, and his passion for business in mind, he retired early to move forward with his other goals and plans. Currently living in Scottsdale, Arizona with his wife, Jackie, and three daughters, Kruger has transitioned from pro football to pro business. Private equity, real estate development, and food franchising are among his most profitable pursuits. He has become a respected and trusted name in the business community and continues to thrive off the field. Kruger continues to have a passion for NFL life, helping players strategize for life after the game. Kruger is for winning and living to his fullest potential. Welcome, Paul Kruger. Thanks for being on, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, bro. Like this is a, a pretty stacked bio. I loved it. Love getting excited. I mean, this these were like the days that I grew up like really avidly watching. You know, you name you got Tom Brady, Peyton, Ed Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Drew, like those are some studs, man. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel I mean I I'm really fortunate to just play, you know, amongst some uh some absolute killers like the game and um you know, not only play side by side with some of those guys, but also play against them and um you know, the Roethlisbergers, the, the Brady's, um, just so many good memories and, and, you know, guys that, uh, you know, will live forever in the game. And so it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it was an honor to be, to be able to play with them and against them. And so I had a good run, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you kind of mentioned like playing against these guys, like obviously it'd be really cool to have like an elite mindset, like in your locker room, like on your team. But I also think there's something like playing against, that caliber of an individual like seeing how you stack up seeing how like they have that mutual respect but you get to see like that that killer instinct across you know across the sideline absolutely i mean it was just crazy to go into different stadiums and see you know, how the how the fans reacted the energy in the in different stadiums and um yeah just times that i'll never forget i, I specifically i played against them so much but just you know the steelers and and the towels going and just you know <laughs> so so much energy and passion and, and um, you know, it's amazing to see kind of the, the, the energy from the fans and, and kind of how that plays into the game. And so, yeah, it just, it just had a tremendous experience and, and especially going through that year with the Super Bowl team and, you know, the highs and the lows and the injuries and, and um, how the, how the leaders of that group kind of brought us together and, and coach Harbaugh still there. And uh, so, yeah, just, it was unbelievable. I, I, I feel, I uh, feel truly blessed to be a part of that. Totally. And we're going to chat a little bit about that uh, with coach Harbaugh and some of that stuff here in a bit, but first and foremost, we went through a little bit of a bio, but man, tell us your story. Like I want to know a little bit about kind of who you are, what got you to where you're at now in life? Like how are you were able to, you know, put like close the book on that chapter, right. And not kind of forgetting who you are, keeping the identity and moving on. Like, Tell, tell us a little about you, man. Yeah, yeah. So, man, um, you know, grew up pretty close to where you're at um, in Orem, Utah, and uh, 
great family, two good parents, you know, grew up, uh, grew up right there in the heart of, you know, BYU country. And, um, you know, just uh, sports was always a part of that process. I was always passionate about it and, and had a strong, you know, desire and belief in myself and, and just, you know, really grew to, to have, um, you know, nothing but, but competitive spirit and competitive atmospheres. And, um, and I went through some different challenges, you know, early on in life and it experienced some major setbacks and, and it was just crazy to see how that changed my, my outlook on life and my perspective and kind of, it built in some character at a young age that I think really helped me, you know, through all of it. And so, um, so yeah, I went to university of Utah and, uh, had a great run there. Um, I got pretty lucky on some teams um, just to be, you know, and that's so much a part of the game is being on the right teams at the right time. And, um, you know, played for Urban Meyer and Coach Whittingham and uh, was a part of two undefeated seasons there and uh, and then was drafted to Baltimore Ravens, which um, which was just, a, a again, just kind of a, a lucky land there and then was able to integrate into that team. And, again, just – to go back to those core, um, those core functions of, of success and, and really getting to the next level. Um, there's just nothing that can replace those fundamentals of hard work, dedication, um, you know, learning the language of the game and of the, of the defense, um, and just, just developing techniques that, that allow you to, you know, grow as a player and as, and as an individual. And, um, I was thinking about this the other day, but one of the things I think is true in sports, especially, but also just in business and life in general, and it's that you need to be pretty good at everything. You need to be able to hold your own, you know, in, in so many different ways, but you have to be great at something to, to, to reach the next level and to become, to become a, a standout, you know, and I think that's true again, in so many facets of life, business, family, relationships, health, um, being good and then being great at, at something that sets you apart from the crowd. And, um, and for me, that was pass rushing and, uh, and leadership. And so, um, you know, I've tried to sense football, um, tried to take that into business and take that into networking and, and, you know, kind of building a second career and, um, and, and that mentality is just always, it's always helped and it's always paid off. And so I've just developed a really strong belief in, um, in belief itself and belief in what you can do and what you can accomplish. And then, and then also just those basic fundamentals. And, uh, so yeah, man, got, uh, met my wife when I was playing for Cleveland. Um, and it's just crazy how fast it goes, man. Met, met my wife, got married and, and, you know, kind of decided to shut it down, um, a little bit early and and um yeah we moved out to scottsdale arizona and just been developing real estate and and you know doing some some other business pursuits and and it's just been uh it's been really exciting and rewarding and and so i'm, I'm excited about the next phase of life that's amazing and that's super cool you kind of mentioned that i think once uh you got you got married and you see you kind of shut it down a little early but it's like bro like once you get a glimpse of like kind of the family life settling down a little bit, it's kind of like, like I'm ready. Right. Like was there a moment where you're like, I'm good. Like I, I'm ready to like take this on. Like, I know you love football. I mean, you live and breathe the thing. Right. But 
at some point you're just like, you know what? Like I'm ready for like that next chapter. Yeah, absolutely. I started to feel that in, in Cleveland. So I played four years in Baltimore and then three years in Cleveland. And, um, you know, after, I would say playing for the Browns and getting married, it, it was like kind of a, you know, it, it started to become something that I just felt, I just felt like I was getting, um, I was stagnating, you know, and I was, I was still making good money. I was, I was, you know, living my dream and, and life was really good, but I, it was like every day I'm in meetings and, and looking through the playbook and is all I'm thinking about is, you know, doing real estate deals and my wife mm-hmm. back home and like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just getting beyond this and I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting bored with it, you know? And, and so I, I decided to, to retire and, and just, you know, and I played one more year for the new Orleans saints. And, um, and after that, man, it was, it was, uh, it was free agency again. And, and it was kind of just felt, felt like the right time to just move on. So, um, yeah, but, but you're absolutely right. You start to, you start to feel this, um, this desire for more and, and for kind of open up your world to different things. And so much of my life and, and other athletes, you know, you just, you really, um, your whole identity and your whole purpose and, um, is just completely absorbed by the sport. And, um, yeah. and I just felt like I had more, you know, and, and, and so it's, it's been, it's been a fun transition and something, uh, you know, something I'll never forget looking back and playing and so, so rewarding and, and, you know, I was able to live my dream. And so, but I'm happy to be where I'm at for sure. Three little beautiful daughters and, uh, you know, life's moving fast, man. I know. And I've seen them. They're, they're such cute little girls, man. You guys got a beautiful family. Um, oh. One thing you said, right, is um, being good at everything, and, but being great at something. So for you, Paul, when you left the league and you start to transition, I got to imagine like when you're great at something outside of football, I, I got to imagine that helps a lot. But what are you great at? Right now, like in business and life and things, like if you're, I see, I've met you a few times. Like I, I know you're good at a lot of things. What are you great at? What would you say is like your one deal that you're great? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say I'm still developing um, as a business person. But the one thing I'm noticing that I have a natural inclination for is, is um, networking and deal sourcing. So finding finding the right real estate deals, and and meeting the right people to to get something to the finish line. And so, um, you know, over the years, I've just developed a, a, a really good network and people that I can bounce ideas off and have mentorship from. And, and, you know, and these guys are, you know, head and shoulders above anybody that, you know, you see on TV or anything like that. These are, these are business guys that have been at it for a long time. And, uh, so, so basically be able to, to reel in those relationships and, and, um, after you've built a certain knowledge base of the of the business, um, be able to tap into those resources and, and do it in a way where it's beneficial to everybody. Um, I feel like that's really become a strength of mine. Sure. And that's a good one to have, man. Like seriously, the there's a big saying, like the more hands you shake, the more money you make. And like, bro, you need to be in every single room. I was go- literally this morning, I was golfing with a buddy and he was kind of talking about like, his private equity and like kind of how they're scaling. He's like, dude, like how have you gotten to where you're at? And I was like, I'm, I'm at every meeting. I'm in every room. I'm at every event. Like you're not going to catch an event where I'm not there. Right. And he was like, Oh yeah, I remember seeing you at one like a year ago. I'm like, and I'm still at those. I don't care like how big or successful I ever get. Like 
I just never want to stop that hustle. You have no idea where a relationship can go. And that's just getting in the right rooms. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I, I you know, I feel like a, a, something that I've noticed for me personally has, has, has helped me a lot. And, and, and I think it boils down to basically respect, but for me, you know, I'm not willing to sacrifice, you know, my personality or my value, um, you know, my value set or, um, you know, I'm not going to become somebody else in order to make money. And I'm not going to do things in a way that, that would jeopardize, you know, a relationship or, um, a reputation or anything like that. And I feel like people can sense that a little bit. And, and if you, you know, if you remain true, in my opinion, if you remain true to, you know, the right things and doing right by people, um, you know, I, I feel like that comes out and, and people can recognize that. And so, you know, a combination of, you know, resources and, and having a, a good nose for a deal and then, you know, the right people getting them involved um, and then supporting all that, you know, from a standpoint of, of doing the right thing and, and maintaining a certain um, level of, of transparency. And, and, you know, I feel like there's, there's a lot of people that fall into the trap of, um, you know, going with the fad or, or, or becoming, uh, you know, a person that they think is, um, necessary for something to be successful or whatever. And, and to me, I'm just not really willing to do that. And, uh, and more often than not, I think it pays off. Well, it gets exhausting. <laughs> like once, uh, once you create, once you create something that's not true, like a lie, like, well, now you got to live and breathe the lie until it's a truth. And like, if that's not who you are, it's exhausting. It is, man. It, to me, I'm just like, man, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. I, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to be somebody else or, or be, try to be, you know, Mr. Cool guy or, or whatever it is. I, you know, just phone to me, that's, that's phony. And, and I'm just not willing to do it. And, and, uh, so anyway, it, you know what, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a constant progression in business and, um, I'm learning every day. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just excited to be in the position I am. Awesome. Well, there's something I want to know. Big players make big plays in big games. And as a little kid, we think about the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl or the World Series. Like, that's it. That's the, like, the epitome of where we're going. And you get to the Super Bowl, and not only did you participate in the Super Bowl, not only did you win the Super Bowl, and not only did you make a big play, you made two massive plays. Sacking a quarterback that is in that time, that year, one of the most untouchable quarterbacks, right? Like, so elusive, tough to get to, and you brought him down twice. Now yeah. I want to I want to get in your head for a little bit. I want to know what was going on like when you when you executed that, but I want to hear it in like a business state of mind. Like when you're going out in these real estate deals and you're going to go try to like find the right deal, bring it home how you said, right? Sometimes there's going to be some trials, there's going to be stuff in the way, but there's prep all the way to get to this big moment. And how important is it like to have the right team, the right disciplines, the practice like going through all the BS to like get to that big moment and then executing at like the highest level. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to totally butcher this. I'm not even going to try to quote it exactly, but I think it was from Wayne Gretzky. Um, and it was basically that he skates to where the puck not is, but where it's going to be. And that was what allowed him to, to be the player. He wasn't for me, you know, it kind of came down to the same thing where, you know, so much of the preparation 
Um, and I and I learned this from the guys that I was surrounded by. I learned this from guys like Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, Jarrett Johnson, Haloti Nada, Ed Reed. I mean, these guys were, you know, to me, they were freaking giants of men so much. And and so, you know, in this in the film study and in our basically our research on the teams we were playing against, it was it was finding anything we could to use to our advantage. And so one of the things I remember about the 49ers specifically was um, I just remember their cadences and their color, you know, we'd watch the TV copies of the game and, and, you know, if he would say a certain color or a certain word or whatever, that would trigger, he was going to snap the ball on one or, or two or whatever. And so, you know, I remember in that game um, hearing those trigger words and, and it allowed me to get an amazing, you know, jump on the ball. Basically when the ball snapped, I'm, I'm moving at the same time the old lineman is versus, you know, that delayed hesitation. And uh, so, you know, preparation really is what it boils down to. And I think the way that that transfers over to business is, is very simple. I mean, you know, as you, as you're, you know, studying the markets and you're trying to figure out, you know, where things are going and you spend, you know, if it's real estate, you know, you're spending time in the, in the city, figuring out where the developments are going, where the big business is setting up shop, you know, where is the next highway going to be built? Um, and, and as you start to digest this information and talk to people and try to figure things out, um, opportunities will naturally present themselves. And, and if you've, you know, if you've had your ear to the streets and you've done enough, you know, research and enough preparation, um, you know, you can mitigate some of that risk and, and the risk in football, you know, for me was jumping off sides because, you know, when you're trying to get a, a bead on the snap count and, and get a good jump, um, you know, that's when you jump off sides. But if you have good information and you've seen him do it a thousand times, um, you know, you can do things that otherwise get in trouble. And, and I, I really believe that transfers over to business perfectly. It's like the more hustle I put in, the more effort, the more research I'm doing, the more information I'm collecting, um, you know, you've got this data in front of you and it, it, it just allows you to, to, to be aggressive. And, it, and, and I think that, if you act with confidence and act fast and with, with, uh, an aggressive, you know, intent, um, that's how you're going to be successful. And, and me, I've just seen that play, play through over and over again. So what I wrote down as a note was kind of like, trust yourself and be aggressive confidently. And one thing that I was taught growing up playing sports was like, react and trust your reaction don't think about it. the second you think you lose just like in business you're too early you're too late you lose football you're off sides or you're not going to get there in time too early too late and it's all about predicting that cadence kind of what you said with Gretzky you don't go to the ball go to where it's going and like and trust that instinct like dude you put in the work you understand what they're going to do you know what they're going to do and the same thing our coach says like if you're going to be wrong be, be wrong going 100 miles an hour you know what exactly. I mean? He's like, don't tiptoe, don't think about it. Like, trust your instinct and just go. Yeah, no, you're you said it, you said it spot on. I mean, it's you know, it, you can't operate at that level um, timidly or with hesitation or with any doubt because um, you'll just get you'll get killed. And I think it's the same in business. It's the same, you know, with with anything really. If you want to operate at a high level and you want to be a successful person. 
Um, and that may not just be money. It may be great relationships. It may be, um, it may be fitness. It may be anything. I mean, but at the end of the day, performing with confidence and with, with, you know, an aggressive attitude, um, there's just nothing that can, there's nothing that can surpass it. I mean, um, and I, and again, it goes back to that preparation when you've prepared, right. You've got good data and you put in the work, it, it allows you to operate, you know, in a very, um, fluid manner. And so, um, I always equated like pass rushing to like a dance move, you know, and, and if you learn the dance and if you've, you've done it a thousand times, um, it, it just, it guys make it look easy. And, uh, and the reason they make it look easy is because they've, they've done it so many times and they prepared over and over again. And as soon as that, as soon as that opportunity presents itself, um, they can operate in a, in a totally confident and special way because, um, it's something they've researched. They've, it's something they've rehearsed, you know, over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, like there's few guys who have made their job look easy and you've had the, you know, the pleasure of working with them. Right. And I, I would say arguably top three in their positions, you know, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Drew Brees, and just phenomenal, phenomenal leaders. Yeah. Um, what lessons have you learned from them? Like specifically, and, and what would you say they have in common? Because I mean, they're different positions, different skill sets, but I got to imagine like the killer instinct, We've all, I mean, I've, I've only been able to hear some of the huddle talks, like when they're mic'd up, Ray Lewis makes you want to run through a freaking wall. Drew Brees. I mean, you would go to war with that guy any day. Right. But like, yeah. what do these guys have in common and what kind of lessons have you learned from them that you still kind of, you know, practice this day? Yeah. It'd be so many lessons, man. I, I can't tell you coming in as a young player for the, for the Ravens, um, you know, Ray specifically, you know, Ray was just probably the best leader I've ever been around. Um, and, and the reason he was such a good leader is because he, he, he did it himself. He worked every day. He was consistent. He was, he was unbelievable as a player. Um, but you saw it on a daily basis in the weight room. You saw it on the field. Um, I remember like we were as a defense, we were on the field, you know, going against the offense. And as soon as the offense was done, <clears throat> As soon as the offense was was out there and the scout team defense is out there, we're running gassers. The starting defense is out there running gassers on the sidelines, um, which was not not dictated by the coaches. That was that was a player driven deal. So it was like just over and over and over again, um, you would see Ray put his words you know, into action. And then the passion, the enthusiasm, the the energy behind everything we're saying had real teeth because you saw it over and over and over again. And he's doing this stuff at 14, 15 years in the, in the league. And, and as a young player, it's like, man, I'll, you know, I just want to, I just want to be able to be respected by these guys. I just want to be able to be on the same field. I want to be in the huddle. I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to be with these guys because they're so dedicated and it was so much beyond um, getting a paycheck. It was a brotherhood. Um, and so I think the atmosphere really was what Ray was extremely special at creating. Um, and, the, and, you know, I would say the consistency between all those guys was, was two things, their passion to, to win. 
their their energy, their enthusiasm, their their dedication to games was off the charts. And I was around a lot of special athletes, unbelievable, you know, best athletes in the world, um, some of the most, you know, gifted people you've ever seen. Um, but there's a difference between a guy who's just really gifted and a guy who has a goal and objective and is willing to do anything in order to reach that. And I think there's very few of those players who actually possess that. And, and they're always special uh, because they've got the God given, they've got the work ethic and, and then they've got a, the unbridled passion to go out and get something done. And so I would say it's, it's a passion and a dedication to win games. And the other thing was just the, just a relentless, almost uh, mechanical work ethic and in, in the fundamental. So, you know, for Drew and for Ed and for Ray, it was all different things. It was different positions and different techniques. But it was, you know, here are these guys 10, 12, 15 years in the league, and they're doing the same drills that you're doing in high school and, and you're doing your first year in the league or in college. I mean, and so their, their dedication, those fundamentals and film study and techniques, um, watching film, I mean, everything was just, it was almost robotic because they were they were just that determined so those two things really played together and stick stick out in my mind as far as you know consistencies that all those guys have yeah and and, and i love that you say that because i i ask that question a lot right i want to find out like from the individuals who are on this podcast i mean you guys are all elite athletes regardless like i know yeah we're talking about ed ray drew these guys it doesn't matter like bro for you to be able to get through, you know, the high school, the college, and then going pro, like that takes an, an incredible amount of discipline. And that's the one word that everyone falls on. It's like, they are just disciplined. Right. And you mentioned these guys, you're 14, 15, and they're doing the same drills that you did 30 years ago as a kid. And like, you just don't stop because you're so dedicated to the craft. What was it? Uh, Ray said, it was like a college speech. He came into the kids and he said, guys, you got to be pissed off for greatness. I get chills yeah. anytime I think of that. Like that has pushed me in business and in life, like daily thinking, like being pissed off for greatness. Cause it's not about winning. It's hating losing and being like the best and being great. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was one thing that I think was different about Ray was it was almost like you felt like you were going into a war. I mean, you felt like you really would and that's that's you know, the other day I, I put a post out there and said like I would have run I would have run through a wall or gone to the gates of hell for Ray because you know, it, it really was ingrained in us that it was like, you know, we're at war here. I mean, and the, and these guys are trying to and you could really feel like that because it's like <clears throat> these guys this is this is about taking care of your family. It's about it's about blessing the next generation. It's about your legacy. It's about your your impact, you know, while you have the time here on this on this planet. And and so what you're doing now matters and what you're doing on that field matters and it impacts the city. It impacts your family. It impacts your teammates. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think the dedication and the and the warrior like mentality. Um, All right. And we're back. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of a glitch, but we're back. So. As I say, man, um, as in that role, kind of working with athletes and kind of earning their trust, especially from a position where you're asking for money, right? You want to manage their money, do things of that nature. Um, 
I had to make that shift to be a mentor and come in and like provide value before I even got to that point. So for you, when it came down to finding like a financial advisor, an agent, marketing rep, like all these people in your corner, what was that vetting process like? Like, how do you start to earn the trust from these people so that, you know, they can work with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's a little bit of a challenge and it's really, I, I think a, uh, it's one of the hard things for guys coming into the NFL because you just have no foundational knowledge of, um, of money, of, you know, management of any of this stuff, taxes, life planning, estate planning. I mean, you know, at least for me, and I know it's probably this way for 99% of guys, um, you know, I didn't come from money. Um, I never had, you know, never had any of those things discussed with me. And so I, I kind of went in there blind. And so, you know, you meet people and, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of trial and error and there's a lot of mistakes made along the way. And, you know, you just kind of hope that you, that you find good people to start out because some of these people that get wrapped up with the wrong guys, um, it ends up costing them big. I mean, it can end up costing them, all the money they made in some cases. And so um, there's a lot of horror stories out there and, and some of them are true. A lot of them are true. And, and I think it's, it's really sad, but it's, it's one of those things that's hard to avoid. I mean, you really just have to hope that, you know, you meet, you meet the right people and hope they have your best interest. And, um, and then as you learn and grow, then you can start to make more informed decisions, but it is a challenge at first. Totally. Yeah. I think that's where it's like, that's what kind of got me into the industry, right? Is like, I grew up an athlete and I played the sports and there was a time in my life where I was like, am I going to pursue this as a career or do I want to like focus on a career and like get started with life rather than school, you know, playing in college and stuff. And I chose a ladder and, but I decided like, if I'm not going to be an athlete, I'm going to work with athletes. Like I want their best interests at heart. I want to help them out. And I don't want there to be any more of these like, slime balls dude they're just taking advantage of these guys because they see these big checks and i'm just like man like if you really think about it the guys like in their rookie years if they weren't drafted in the first three rounds non-guaranteed money maybe like their actual take home couple hundred grand a year right and then it's just like you kind of fall into this thing where like this illusion where you think that you're going to have this massive client with all this money but it's like dude like it's it's that's not always the case, you know, and then you have to, once the, you know, your client makes it to the league, well, now their whole family thinks that they made it too, right? Now everyone wants a handout and it's just tough, man. And if you don't really genuinely have these guys' best interests at heart, it's just going to, it's just going to open up a whole can of headaches that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. it should have been avoided, you know? It's a, bad, it's a bad recipe, man. It's like, you know, you even, even a couple hundred thousand dollars, for a guy that's never had any money, like in my case, that's so much for them. it's so much money. I mean, I, I never had any money and, and here you, here you go. You can buy things and, you know, you see other players driving Lamborghinis and nice stuff and living in fan- mansions. And it's like, man, you know, this is, I guess this is the lifestyle. I guess this is how it's done, you know? And then you start to fall into these traps and, you know, some of the family stuff and some of the, some of the entourage stuff, it becomes a challenge. And I think um, if you don't have a instinctual desire to, you know, to want to sustain it and, and grow into a, a, 
a certain type of business person eventually and maintain wealth and grow it, um, you're bound to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's tough. And that's where you need these people on your side. Right. And like just being educated. And so one thing that you talked about is like, you like this world, like that role of, of helping athletes out, right. Kind of like post-career, what is it that you do? Like, and how do you help them? Yeah. I mean, honestly, right now it's been just on a personal, you know, personal basis. It's not, I don't, I don't own a company that, that, you know, facilitates this stuff. Um, it's something I've looked into and, and really in a business. Um, but a lot of it's just been, you know, phone calls and Zoom sessions and, and connecting people to to the right individuals. And, um, you know, and to me, that's that's been a powerful thing. And so when a guy calls me up or hits me up on social media and says, hey, you know, what do you think I should do about this or that? Or how do I get into real estate? Or, you know, how do I open this business? It's like, you know, it's exciting to get those calls. And it's, and it's cool to see that people are wanting uh, to aspire to more. And so to be that kind of that link between, um, you know, success and, and, and the work ethic that it takes to get there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of assume more of that role. And so, um, right now it's just been a lot of conversations though. Yeah. Well, you'd be an awesome guy for that role, man. I, I, I love it. I think it's, it's super exciting and it's extremely fulfilling, uh, to do some of this planning, you know what I mean? Like I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. It um, is. It's well, cool. man, this is, huh? yeah. no, I was just going to say it's, it's, you no, know, yeah. to see a couple of these guys get into their first couple of real estate deals and, and, you know, buy some multifamily stuff. It's like, you know, it, it is powerful and it's, and it's special to see them kind of lay the foundation for their family moving forward. So I, I am excited about it. Awesome. Well, this has been a super awesome interview, man. Like I've, I've loved having you on. I think we've covered like a lot of big nuggets that people can take and, and, and run with. One thing I always do to, to usually wrap these up is I give you the floor to just speak directly to the listeners, right? We have athletes, agents, uh, you know, um, entrepreneurs, executives, right? More so because you're transitioning to this athlete kind of, um, uh, you know, mentorship style role, right? Like helping these guys transition. I would love for you to kind of voice to them as a whole, what you've been talking about with like these guys that do give you a call. So I just want to give you a couple of minutes to kind of speak some advice to some of these athletes that maybe some of like some of the questions that you get often, it'd be great to kind of hear a little bit of feedback for these guys, just general advice that you can leave for people that you have been able to affect thus far. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest thing for me that I've noticed for myself and then from other guys that I've, I've talked a lot with is, you know, the same way you learn the fundamentals of the game and the same way that you became a great player was by building confidence brick by brick and you're stacking wins every single day. Um, that's what it takes in the business world. That's what it takes in the world of financials and and, and developing yourself as a as a you know, a profitable enterprise and, and it takes stacking good days. You know, I, it's not, it, you don't have to be amazing and great every day, but you got to stack good days over and over and over again um, consistently. And I feel like, you know, there's a different language to it. There's a different fundamental, uh, there's different fundamentals, there's different techniques. And you realize you have to realize that you're starting 
you're starting as a rookie in the in this game. And and if you view it the same way as you view the game of, of football or basketball or whatever, um, the the theory that you're starting as a rookie or you're starting as a you know you're starting over basically, you've got to build those fundamentals, got to build those techniques, you got to learn the language, um, you got to get into the game, and, and without those fundamentals, um, you you really can't perform. You can't perform um, with confidence, and and you really. Um, so it's it's about being on the right team. About it's about building those fundamental resources, and it's and it's about um, it's about consistency every day. So stacking days, stacking wins, um, and, and stacking consistency. And uh, and so you know, I would I would say that is number one and paramount. You know, is is just learning the fundamentals of whatever business you're getting into and, and of financials, and. Um, and then the second thing is just, you know, see it as an opportunity to live your next life. I mean, uh, so many times, you know, we kind of cling to the past. We cling to sports and, 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 it, and it's a great stepping stone and it's a great springboard, um, but it doesn't completely define you. And, and I think that's why a lot of guys have problems after the NFL is they, they get done or, or not just the NFL, but all sports. But you get done and that's your whole identity. That's all your friends. That's all your resources. And, and when you're done, you're done, man. You're not, you're not, you're in your own world now. And it can be depressing for a lot of guys. It can be overwhelming. Um, and a lot of guys go through hard times after they're done. And, and I think instead of kind of dwell on those things and all the loss and all the lack, if you can kind of transition that mentality to, man, this is an opportunity for me to redefine myself, to, to rebuild who I am as a person, my value proposition, you know, I look at myself, I'm like, what is, what is the value of, of Kruger now? You know, what is my value set? What is, what is my identity now? Cause it's not football anymore. That's a part of it. Um, but now it's a, it's a business person. It's, it's a chair. It's a charitable person. It's a family man. It's, it's, you know, it's all these things. And I think, you know, if athletes and, and people that surround that environment take that as an opportunity to redefine who they are, um, it can be very exciting and, and, and something that um, I believe you can develop yourself into an amazing person, um, but it takes stacking good days. And so I would just say, look, operate from confidence after you've built that foundation and, uh, and anything is possible if you're willing to, to get humble and, and figure it out and dig in and really, um, and really decide to become a pro at business. You know, you were a pro, you were a professional athlete. Um, and, and now it's time to become a, a professional business person and, and a real professional in terms of financing, um, and, and developing yourself as a, as an entrepreneur or whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, those would be my, my words of, of, of wisdom and, and of optimism is just, you know, it's a great opportunity, um, in the next phase of your life to reestablish yourself as, as a, as a, as a person and, and re-identifying yourself as a, and your value proposition. Man, that is, that is some very, very sound advice. Thank you so much for that. And I, there's a few things that I want to echo that are just, that were fantastic. Right. And it's one is brick by brick, like small wins stack up to massive success. And it's extremely hard to get momentum. It's even harder to keep it. And as you're kind of scaling in business, you have to take these small wins and keep stacking them, stacking them, stacking them. 
And eventually you're going to be able to ride that wave of momentum and don't get off. Like while it's hot, take advantage of it, right? Make the most of those wins because just like momentum in football and basketball, right? You have swings. And when things are hot, make the most of it. When things are low, find a way to go to the fundamentals and get out of your rut. Um, And you said something about even being uh, like, now you're a rookie in this new world, right? And when you become a rookie in this new world, bro, there's no off season. There's no training camp. Like you're thrown in the fire and you got to figure it out because guess what? The same people who think like Ray Lewis, who want to destroy you in business, they'll love you up, but they will destroy you in business. They do not take days off. Yes, they take a time off for themselves to kind of like sharpen that ax, right? Like get their mind right. And like, you got to listen to your body and your mind. But business-wise, bro, they, they don't slow down. They don't let you take the off-season to figure it out. They will beat you. And so it takes the late nights, the early mornings, the retreats, the networking events. Sometimes you got to spend a little bit of money, right? Like you have to do these things to get ahead. Because if not, like, bro, you'll be left in the dust. You're, you're third string on the depth chart now, right? You don't get the playing time. But if you want to build that Super Bowl roster, like, bro, it takes an immense immense amount of discipline and dedication absolutely Um, right but man this this was awesome bro this was so cool thank you so much i think this was uh something that we could all glean from and we can all find incredible value and uh what what's the best place for people to reach out to you paul if they want to reach you um i'm not huge on social media right now um i want to get more active but it's uh, i'm just you know, Paul Kruger underscore 99 on Instagram. Um, my email is uh, Kruger companies at Gmail. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm always around for guys that want to bounce ideas off or, or look at some business deals. So um, yeah, appreciate you having me on Eric. I, it's really, it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on guys. Thank you for paying attention and for listening along. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate it, bro.